The Buffalo Bills wrap up their preseason with a win, 24-21, over the Chicago Bears. You're now listening to the Watering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Justin Goddard and Andrew Chang. Welcome in, everybody, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show here on the Buffalo Fan Base Network. I'm your host, Two Changs, and my co-host, JGods22, will not be here today. Uh, he's got some obligations that are a lot more important, you know, than this podcast. But now, no worries. I am here, and more than likely, this episode is going to be dropping a little late. Uh, just kind of a busy weekend for us, and... Honestly, the Saturday Saturday preseason games are kind of cool, but super inconvenient in terms of like timing and scheduling. And I'm just so ready to be playing at 1 p.m. every Sunday. We're not doing that. The Bills have a lot of primetime games coming up, and we are getting ready for the New York Jets. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to talk about how the Bills went to Chicago and won a football game. And there are a lot of takeaways from this, for me at least, watching it. So I'm just going to get into it. But before we do that, please make sure to check out and like, comment, subscribe, review this podcast. You can find us on all audio platforms, social media, and of course on YouTube. And we also, of course, have great content creators on the Buffalo Fan Base Network. So please do me a favor and check them out. All right, let's get into today's episode. And we're going to start off with that three and out by the defense. I I thought it was really strong. Now, I understand that Chicago doesn't have like a high-powered offense, but it was still good to see them, you know, shut down a starting offense because, you know, the way that they played against Pittsburgh was really alarming, even to me. And I understand it's preseason. I told you on that breakdown episode that it was like, hey, guys, like, let's try not to overreact the sky is not falling it's just preseason but in a way it's kind of hard not to look at that game and go think to yourself what the hell did I just watch this time much different story bills get a three and out on defense and then the offense comes in and if I had to describe that offense in one word I'd probably say methodical it gave me similar feelings from when the jet uh the bills played the jets what was it josh allen's like second year or third year or something like that it was before we traded for stefan diggs and it was john brown and cole beasley and the bills were just driving the ball it was like you know a small place here and there running the ball it looked completely different from what i was used to as a Bills fan from watching and it it kind of brought the idea to me that hey the Bills were looking to establish good fundamentals you cannot win a football game in any and I would just say this in general you cannot be good at sports if you don't have fundamental technique philosophies and if you don't execute on those said techniques and philosophies I think what the Buffalo Bills did on offense on that first drive was exactly that. Now, there were that's not to say that the Bills didn't weren't perfect, but there was definitely some bad stuff. 
but for the most part, I walked away pretty pleased with how they performed. And I'll start with Josh Allen. I thought he did really good. Looked like vintage Josh Allen. He had that throw across the middle. Really awesome. Had a drop pass with him. Had one leading pass that, yeah, you know, maybe could have gotten, maybe Gabe Davis could have pulled in. Of course, Gabe Davis also had that drop, and we'll get to him in just a bit. But other than that, I just felt like this offense kind of looked like Josh Allen was playing quarterback. Really good, really methodical. But I will also say what was really refreshing was seeing James Cook play really well. And we already saw him play pretty good in that Colts game, but... I don't know. I just felt like he did really good as the lead back here, and it it just was really awesome just to see him go out there and execute. Now, I mentioned I was going to talk about Gabriel Davis, and I'm going to talk about him right now. You know, people are going to overreact. They're going to gripe and go like, what the hell? Gabe Davis needs to be better. He needs to be better. How is he going to be our number two and have drop passes and all this other stuff? Well, you know, there's it's preseason and I hate to say that you can't see me because I'm smiling because it's not a big deal because I think Gabriel Davis has had a really good strong camp he's healthy and I think when it comes down to like big moments we've seen him come and deliver so I would just urge you to say to rewatch that game and see all the good stuff it's not always about catching footballs for wide receivers. It's about selling the routes. It's about blocking, scheming things perfectly. And not to mention, the Bills ask Gabriel Davis to do that and a lot more, and they always talk about how much they love him. I'd be surprised if the Bills, honestly, I know money's tight, but I'd be surprised if the Bills don't really extend him. You know, I that's just how confident I am that they love Gabriel Davis. You know, the other starting re- uh, receivers, Stefan Diggs, Hardy, all that stuff, they all looked great. Pretty good. Can't complain. And it was really good to see Damian Harris, right? You think they bring in Ty Johnson, and, you know, some people go like, ah, I think they're bringing in Ty Johnson because Damian Harris isn't making the roster. The Bills don't really need to pick up Damian Harris or keep him because he was such a cheap contract. Might as well cut ties and get a, you know, Ty Johnson in here who plays special teams and is that kind of thumper back very similar to Damian Harris. Well, we saw Damian Harris play this game and more into the second, third, until like the late third or something like that. And then it was really the backups. But just in general, it, it just felt like Damian Harris was vintage Damian Harris the one that I hated who played for the New England Patriots, but just in general, he was really good, really effective out there, and I'm so pleased that he's on this team at such a low contract, and he's definitely making this team, no doubt in my mind. Now let's kind of shift things to the offense, because, you know, the starting offense was out there for a little bit, and the, oh, by the way, the line, the offensive line looked pretty good. I think I kind of, if I had to gripe one thing, I probably say that, I mean, Spencer Brown, he played well, but I still don't feel great. You know, I I, I still want him to go out there and do way better than what I saw. 
and he did really good, but just knowing his track record, I can't sit here and be honest with myself and you as the listener and just be like, Spencer Brown, everything's good. He is a phenomenal right tackle. I just I just don't feel that way. You might feel different. That's fine. I I just need more sample size from Spencer Brown. And I, I, I didn't get that with this preseason game. You know what I'm saying? I understand he stayed in and played a little bit, but it, it, I just didn't get that feeling. You know, so is what it is. So let's talk about the Bills starting defense. Uh, feels like they were really good. And what's really interesting to me, and I could could have gotten this wrong, but it looked like Christian Benford started over Dane Jackson and Kyer Elam. Definitely over Kyer. I think he didn't come in until like the third or fourth or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, which is super depressing. And we're going to talk about that in the second half of this episode. But Christian Benford instantly like guarded the number one dj moore on like a deep pass which forced that third and out for the bears their first drive and it was really tight coverage benford was in perfect position it it just seems like this man is probably gonna win that starting cornerback two spot which is weird because i thought it would be dane jackson everything was kind of leaning towards that and then the bills go with Benford this game and I I I just don't really know what to make of it the Bills are gonna pull a tune at CB2 that's my personal opinion uh, it depends on what's happening it really depends on what's happening and for the most part if it's not a heavy man thing I think it's either Dane Jackson or Christian Benford and if we need Kyrie or Elam for those situations so be it but that that's just my personal take um i thought the linebackers and safeties for the most part were okay safeties were fine linebackers you know good tyrell dodson not so consistent he's like my spencer brown on defense there's some good and then there's some bad just like i i that is definitely going to be the bill's weak point of this entire season unless they the bills do something there or tyrell dotson just becomes significantly better i'm just not really i'm not sold on him i'm sorry i just i just don't feel good at him being the middle linebacker and the bills knew that this was coming and i i get so frustrated knowing that they didn't do anything about it really and i understand that we had limited resources but damn man do something better than Tyrell Dotson. Sorry, I got a little frustrated there, but that, I mean that's that's just the truth. I I and Tyrell Dotson's not the worst that you could do, but dude, man, I feel like the Bills could have done something more there, right? Something more, kind of like how they hedged their bets with Spencer Brown and brought in uh, that right tackle that just retired on us brandon shell why why can we do that with linebacker i i understand we had we have aj klein which i guess you could say is the same thing but is it 
Is it when you already know who AJ Klein is and you don't want him to be your starting linebacker? He's like that really break glass of emergencies linebacker. And did you really hedge your bets with that? You have an aging vet. You got Tyrell Dotson and your third round pick who can't stay healthy and looked very suspect in that role. But anyways, I I was I said I was going to talk about the defense, and I just went on a tangent. So my apologies. Anyways, I think that the linebackers could have looked better, and mainly by that Tyrell Dotson. I thought the corners looked very solid, and the safeties looked really good. Defensive line, I wish I had a little more. I know that there was a sack by AJ Epinesa. I'm not really sold on that sack. I thought it was cool that Boogie Basham got the start, which tells me like, huh, so he's ahead of AJ Epinesa? Interesting. AJ, I need you to perform a little better. You're going into a contract year, guy. Is he going to rise to the occasion? If this indicator that Boogie Basham is starting over AJ Epinesa, it tells me like, yeah, AJ's not really doing that well at least in management or front office eyes in the coaching staff's eyes, right? You're going in a contract year, you want to make the big bucks, you got to get out there. You got to perform. Not doing it. He had a sack in this game, but it was like, meh. It's preseason. Can't read into that kind of stuff, right? Another thing I noticed about the Bills' defense that I'm not really a huge fan of, or, you know, just, I wouldn't even say I'm not a huge fan, but something I noticed was that I feel like when the Bills try to run a stunt, and if you're unfamiliar, it's kind of like when like two defensive linemen basically cross to like confuse the offensive linemen, and it can be really effective. It really can be. You see Von Miller make get a lot of production from that, but he needs a good starting defensive tackle too. You know, it's not just you got to have Von Miller and that's it. You got to have you got to have both pieces from it. And I feel like every single time I've seen the Bills and I'm not just talking about this specific game and I'm just saying in general, I feel like the when the Bills try running a stunt, it doesn't really go that well. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't go as drawn up and works effective as I see it on other teams. And that might just be be because I watched this team with a 100x magnifying like glass outside of other teams. I'm just like, oh, that it works for them. Why can't it work for us? Well, it's because I don't watch their team as much as I watch the Buffalo Bills. But I got I just left this game thinking like, why? Why do we like not? Why do we do stunts? But like, I feel like we should be better at them. We have so much invested in this defensive line, and we have Eric Washington, who who some people aren't huge fans of, but there's no doubt that he's viewed very highly, according to this coaching staff, that, hey, I need to see some stuff out of you. You know, and the Bills think that they, they are getting their best results with Eric Washington. I personally think we should get a little more, but it doesn't really feel like that. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, 
when we come back, I got some other topics I want to talk about, but I had to just get that stuff off my chest. So stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Two Changs, Wander Buffalo Podcast. Hey, this is Brother Bill. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for joining me on this episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, show here on the Buffalo Fanbase Network. If you do me a favor, like, comment, subscribe, review our podcast, follow us on social media, and by the way, we got a fantastic website. would love for you to check it out. And hey, we also have really good other content creators on the Fanbase Network. Check them out. All right. Kind of like these residual thoughts here. Going to talk about it really briefly. And I'm just going to shoot from the hip. Kyle Allen, uh, he looked okay, I guess. And when it comes to Kyle Allen, I, he went 18-34 of 34 for 162 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The touchdown was so good. The touchdown looked like over the defensive back who was a second-round pick for the Bears. And the touchdown went to Quentin Morris really really solid work it looked really good now you want that completion percentage to be a little higher but you know it's barely over 50 percent now i'm not saying that that means kyle allen's inaccurate piece that's a stupid way to determine accuracy in my personal opinion and i use that word very loosely because there goes there's so much that goes into football than just in terms of accuracy as opposed to throw and catch, right? That doesn't tell me if you're accurate or not. I'm sure Kyle Allen is a perfectly accurate quarterback, but there was some other stuff that happened that's going on behind the scenes that we're not thinking of. Kyle Allen doesn't play in this offense. He's buddy with Josh Allen, yeah, but we've already talked about how when it comes to NFL football, in offenses and and in defenses there's basically different languages so when you go from team to team to team you're not you're almost like becoming bilingual and trilingual now there are some similarities but could you imagine trying to learn four to five different languages i don't know how many teams uh, kyle allen's been on but i know at least three the bills the broncos and i think he was on carolina too so it's just to me it's just like i can't i'll put it like this you can't master one language if you're trying to learn another language especially when you're picking up that language maybe you're trying to learn these three languages over like the past five years and i'll i i was listening to joe marino's locked on bills episode where he talks about this game and he was saying maybe we should expect more inconsistency from a guy like Kyle Allen and it clicked to me I was like yeah you know what Joe is right this guy has never never played in this style of offense before because he doesn't know anyone though in fact the only person he knows in this building at least you know on the surface level is Josh Allen He's trying to learn a new language and he's trying to get out there and do his best. And I'm not saying his best is good, but like, you know, I, I want to be cognizant of the fact that it is a learning curve and it seems like Matt Barkley's elbow 
or hand or whatever is probably going to put him on IR or like the practice squad here. But it, it just feels like Kyle Allen is doing his best. And his best is not good enough. Again, that's what I think. But I definitely think this game is much better than his first and second game. Now let me talk about the interception after I just said that. Trash throw. No type of separation. It You'd have to put it in a spot that Gabe Davis could only get to. And by the time the ball got there, there that's not a possibility. It was, it was a great play by the cornerback for the Bears who later you know Kyle Allen ended up scoring on that said cornerback with Quentin Morris but it's like I just wish you would have put the ball in a better spot or like made a better decision I just didn't feel good about it here's another thought because I'm just gonna move off Kyle Allen now is that Saran Neal he had a good game Am I right, guys? I felt like he he did really good as a backup slot corner, and the Bills might have found themselves a reason or a reasonably cheap backup corner back for the slot position. We we know that the Bills signed Saran Neal, I think, in the offseason last year or something like that. And at first, I was kind of questioning. I was like, man, money's kind of tight, and... We need the Bills to make moves if we're going to get past the Chiefs. And then the first move was like, the Buffalo Bills have extended Saran Neal. Initially, I was like, that's not the signing or re-signing I thought we were going to make. But I understand it because the Bills absolutely love special teams. It's just, I didn't think he would offer anything on defense. And we've seen him kind of go out there. And play man coverage on in very specific situations. I think about they they put Saran Neal on Travis Kelsey. I think in a couple of like regular season or, or in the playoffs or something like that. I I've seen them use Saran Neal in that kind of fashion. But in this preseason, not, and not just this game, just in general, this entire offseason, he's been playing pretty good and. I think he had main coverage on Darnell Mooney this game. And Darnell, Darnell Mooney's not a you know pushover. He's been in this league for a little bit and he can make some plays here and there. I was just I just walked away very pleased with how Saran Neal played in coverage. It, it was like very, very nice. Very, very nice. And I, I'm happy to see him get that run. And I feel good about corner death if um Johnson goes down which you know I don't want that to happen Deron Johnson's the man pick six god good guy just it's just good to know that if anything happens we have serviceable depth which makes sense this defense is deep except for one position and I'm not going to go back to it which I'll just say it's just linebacker we we know it's not that deep Moving on to the next thing is that the tight ends, last last game, man, the tight ends, specifically Dalton Kincaid, was the bright spot. And I, it, outside of the touchdown, and if you took that away today, which I know you can't, 
the tight ends just kind of seem quiet and I'm not a blocking or expert or reader or anything like that so it's kind of hard for me to see how they did in real time because I'd have to go back and isolate Dalton, Kincaid, and Dawson Knox and watch the entire game over for them and I'm not going to do that sorry it's, it's preseason like I'm sure they did fine uh if I had to like guess it I'd imagine that Dawson Knox did a better job at blocking than Dalton Kincaid now Dalton Kincaid did draw that big pass interference spot call but other than that they just seem kind of quiet you know Quentin Morris went up and got the touchdown and last like I said last week the tight ends were the bright spot this week kind of quiet kind of quiet a little little surprising but I guess that kind of happens when you have a surplus of weapons on offense for someone like Josh Allen. And then you think that would be the same case with Kyle Allen. They both basically targeted wide receivers and running backs. Titans were kind of just in there for blocking purposes uh, with running and pass protection. Didn't really get much out of them today in the passing game. It is what it is. Let's move on to the next topic, and that's the shorter versus the Ant Justin Shorter, excuse me, versus Andy Isabella debacle. And it's pretty much just if you're not familiar with what I'm saying, it's just this, this kind of well-known battle that's not so well known that we think that the Bills are gonna keep six wide receivers, not seven, which means Someone's got to go outside of the bottom of the barrel. So you got Diggs, Hardy, Davis, Shakir, question mark, Shorter, Andy Isabella, Diggs. Hmm. Well, what do we do here? That's seven names. Huh. Well, that proposes an issue. I really think it's down to Andy Isabella versus Justin Shorter. And if you asked me last week, I think Shorter is not making this team, even though he's a draft pick. After this game, I'm not really sure if that really changes anything because I thought both of these players, Justin Shorter and Andy Isabella, really didn't do anything at all to move the needle. So I guess if you're calling this game a wash and then I thought Andy Isabella had a better offseason than Justin Shorter but if I'm being predictive I'm not really sure what the Bills are gonna do right I've heard some ideas about you know well the Bills are gonna like put Shakira on IR and that's how they'll get both those players but what if Shakir is healthy what are what are the Bills going to do then? I think if the Bills it let's say Shakir is healthy and I if I if it were me and I had to pick one of those two players, I'd probably would just cut and I I don't like saying this, Andy Isabella and put him on the practice squad. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because the NFL has shown what they think of Andy Isabella and this is like his fourth team in a short NFL career. And if he was that hot of a commodity, he would have signed elsewhere way sooner than when the Bills picked him up. I just I just 
don't really know what to do. And that's, again, assuming that Shakir is making this team. I've heard a lot of people be kind of upset with Shakir. I'm not, and to be honest, I'm not really sure what the Bills are going to do with Shakir. Like, I would love for him to develop. But it looks like it's kind of like, what do we do with this extra body? It kind of reminds me of like what the Bills did with Isaiah Hodgins. This Isaiah Hodgins situation again. And in a weird way, I feel like Andy Isabella is that is this year's like preseason darling in a weird way. Like I it's so hard to and you can tell I'm struggling with like coming up with words because like I want to say that Andy Isabella is a preseason darling, but at the same time, damn, he showed that he can contribute on special teams and on offense. This just wasn't the game for him. It just wasn't the game for him. And Justin Shorter, this wasn't the game for him either. He had a quiet game last week. I mean, he had the touchdown, but it was like late. And he was with the third team. This time, not so great. And I'm pretty sure the, that long kickback that the Bears had, that was, I'm pretty sure that was Justin Shorter's fault. But it, I'd be very interested to see what's going to happen there. Let's talk about the big topic. Special teams. No, I'm just kidding. The big topic's Elam, but I just want to quickly talk about special teams. Really quick. Special teams kind of seems like meh right now, right? Missed kick by uh, Tyler Bass. Block, punt. Sam Martin tried getting that. And then just that bad coverage play. I... Matt Smiley must be frowning. Super pun intended. But like, I, I'm i not too infatuated with a team who invests so much into special teams. And we're getting this kind of weird negative play stuff that I have not really seen from the Bills in a while. Usually when, they, when Tyler Bass forces a, the return men to come out. They are not getting to the 2025. 20, it just feels like lately they've been getting that and a little extra. Feels like I haven't seen the Bills get blocking a punt forever. It's happened. Did it happen twice this offseason? Am I imagining that? Or did I watch the Bears game twice? I don't really know. And then Tyler Bass missing field goals. I mean, he, he's a high pay kicker. The NFL thinks he's really good. I need more consistency. And I'm not really sure why the special teams is playing kind of like man right now. But Matt Smiley's got to fix it out. Or figure it out. Coaching staff's got to figure it out. Because it's unacceptable. For a team that invests this much in special teams. I'm just putting it there. And I'm going to end this convert this podcast by talking about Kyrie Elam. I already mentioned at the start of this podcast... I really, I think Benford won the job. Uh, even though all signs were pointing that Dane Jackson had won the job. But, and I'm not really sure if either of those things are right. But I do know that at least it's going to be Dane Jackson or Ky, or Christian Benford. I can say this with utmost, utmost confidence. And I'd be willing to put a small wager on it. Because, you know, knowing my luck, I'm going to be wrong. That Kyrie Elam's not going to be the starting CB2. Very disappointing. 
very, very, very disappointing. I'm not happy with it, and it makes me wonder why the Bills would draft a project corner cornerback like this who knows man coverage and then go like, you know what? I know you do man coverage really good. We're going to try to make you do something you don't really do well. We're going to try to develop you. And which is great, but it's very frustrating. Like it's your number one cornerback. This is your second year. I need, and he's finished last season doing pretty well and had some really highlight moments last year too. And it just, it's just frustrating when a seventh round pick in Dane Jackson and then I think a fifth or sixth round pick in Christian Benford are beating you out. The NFL, this team in the Buffalo Bills saw you as a significantly better prospect than that fifth or sixth, can't remember, or in seventh round pick. And you, it's not happening. It's just not happening right now. And I understand we got to be patient as Bills fan, Bills fans. I, I just, my my leash is just getting shorter and shorter and shorter when it comes to stuff like this. Because now it's making me wonder, like, well, why the hell can't he get on the on the field? Why why is our number one cornerback sitting on the bench? Then it kind of makes me wonder, well, is he, and I'm using air quotes here, it's way too early to say it, is he a bust? Did the Bills just draft a bust? And then it makes me kind of think at the higher level, well, why is he a bust? Because the Bills evaluated him wrong and then they couldn't develop him. Why couldn't they develop him? Well, maybe he's not developed. Maybe the Bills just thought he could do stuff but he couldn't do that well why is that maybe because he got misevaluated and why is that because maybe the front office didn't do their jobs and then why is that because it's brandon bean it makes me think like that and i don't like to think like that because i know that this team is good but there's no denying that brandon bean has had his mishaps i will say for the most part none of it seems illogical in the moment when Bernard Bean does things in the moment, I agree with it a hundred percent for the most part. I'm like, I I understand that. The Wyatt Teller thing, we thought, you know, hey, he's not gonna work out here. Might as well get some picks for some guy that we're gonna cut. Makes perfect sense. Now that didn't work out, but at the time, I understood the thought process and it was very practical and it made sense to me. Obviously it didn't work out in our favor but now i look at something like this when the bills took Kyrie elam i was like i understand that there was only one good cornerback left i really think they wanted the one that the chiefs took i can't remember his name right off the top of my head and then they panicked and were like oh we gotta we gotta get the last cornerback that we feel like can be good and we can develop at the moment i was like i understand it we need cornerback depth Levi Wallace left. Perfect pick right here. Hindsight. 2020. Mm. Maybe the Bills should have just traded up and got their guy. But how would they have known that? How could have they? How could have they? 
How could have they known that? They couldn't, right? Because they got jumped. The Chiefs jumped in front. But, damn, it just kind of sucks to sit here and just kind of like question the front office and their moves. But it's, there's no denying that the Bills Mafia and just us and fans in general, we're just we just want to see Kyer get out there and perform like a first round pick and make an impact for this team. And it's just not happening. And it's very, very, very frustrating. Truly frustrating. And I don't like ending this podcast on such a like negative note, but I just got I just gotta get that off my chest. I will say though, I am generally pleased on how this team performed. The offensive line specifically looked really good, and so did Josh Allen. And the starting uh, offense and the starting defense looked significantly better and more put together. I think there was only one penalty, if I'm not mistaken, and it was on David Edwards for blocking in the back. If I'm not mistaken, let me see if I can find that real quick. It doesn't really look like I can find it quickly on ESPN. So just in general, I'd say that I thought that they did pretty good. Just, I'm ready for the Jets. I'm very curious. That's going to be a really strong first test for this team. And I know the Jets are looking at the Bills like, this is going to be a really strong first test. We're going to find out a lot about this football team and the division right out of the gate, Monday Night Football. And I cannot be more excited about it. So without further ado... Thanks for listening to this episode. Again, please make sure you like, comment, subscribe, view this podcast, listen to and subscribe to us on all social media and audio platforms and, of course, on YouTube. Make sure to check out the Buffalo Fan Base Network. Make sure to check out our website. Our executive producer, Jacob, has done amazing work there. Um, you can find me on social media by searching up 2 Changs, this podcast, by searching up the Wanting Buffalo podcast. And other than that, I'm ready for... Week one, baby, New York Jets. And until then, go Bills.